fear porn? Welcome to another episode of This Goose is Cooked, where we review books intended for our future generations. Today's book, Elephant in My Kitchen, by Smurdy Halls, illustrations by Ella Oxdod, published by Egmont. Elephant in My Kitchen drops in on a boy who receives some unexpected visitors. They end up wreaking havoc on his house, and just when you think the story is getting good, it takes a turn and starts preaching to the reader like a religious cult leader showing up on your doorstep trying to convert you. Will this book be able to convert us? Have those guys standing on the street corners shouting at people with microphones ever converted anyone? I think the answer is no. The story starts out hot. A boy in red overalls and pencil lines as legs. What is he, a gold miner who washed his pants on hot with all of his reds? Anyway, he shouts the title of the book, and the elephant has gotten into his cookies. Put the cookie down! The boy frantically asks the elephant how she got in which doesn't seem too productive. She's an elephant. What does he expect? Her to sign her whole day to him with her trunk? This elephant doesn't play around. She's not having any of it from this boy, so she shoves him into a trash can like a stereotypical bully from a 1990s movie. Well, the elephant was only the beginning. A gorilla, a rhino, and a panda with underwear on his head have all popped up in his house too. As soon as underwear makes it to the head, you know the party started. And oh no, quote, A tiger on the toilet, and I'm bursting for the loo. He says it's just a number one, dot dot dot. It's definitely number two. End quote. We can see the tiger asking for a moment of peace, sitting on a toilet, giving one hell. That is the worst predicament. Having only one toilet and having to wait on someone when you really have to go to. This is my nightmare. Many more animals show up in this kid's house that are up to no good. It definitely makes me wonder, where are all these animals coming from? Does someone in his family work at the zoo? Or does this boy have short-term memory loss and threw a rager with a bunch of party animals? Whatever it is, I'm loving it. There's some real characters showing up. As we read on, the boy gets upset because it's past his bedtime. So he sits the animals down to have a talk. We've all been here before with roommates making too much noise or using all your shit. I just wish I had the balls to sit my roommates down. I just complained about it when they weren't around. If you're judging me, at least I wasn't a coward who left notes. Here it is. Am I being pranked? This took a nosedive quickly. The author finally gives us a ridiculous reason that still doesn't answer all of our questions as to why these animals are at this kid's house. Can you guess what it is? Yep, 
It's climate change. Wah, wah. She goes into melting ice caps and deforestation. Yeah, she touches on it all. Are we sure she didn't plagiarize some of this? None of this is new. It's just robotic repetition of the talking points you hear in the news. And then she takes it too far with this line. Quote, It's our fault. We've got to do something. End quote. If it is our fault for just living, I guess we have to kill everyone off then. Does she not see the slippery slope with her blaming people for just being born and trying to stay alive? It's insulting. Look, I get the whole, let's pollute less and be more efficient because it can actually save us money. Or, we should respect the earth and pick up garbage when we see it. Who doesn't agree with that? It's when you start saying, human beings' very existence is wrong, and try making everyone poorer by taking away their livelihoods. That I disagree with. Do you know what solves climate change? Innovation and a wealthy society. Case in point, we have less deaths now from natural disaster than any other time in our history. The book continues to preach, and again echoes talking points like, we have to save our planet. There's nothing to save. The earth was around for billions of years before us with varying climates, and it will be around for billions of years after us. The planet is not dying. Just stop with that total bullshit. It causes people to shut off because that statement is that stupid. And the story ends with one last threat about the animals living with the boy if we don't clean up our act. Not much of a threat. It looks like fun. The moral in this book wasn't immoral. It was fear-mongering propaganda. And it had the potential to be a good moral too. But instead, it was mind-numbing talking points. I'll repeat, teaching us all to save money and pollute less is a win-win for everyone. Teaching people not to litter or to even clean up after litterers is great. And teaching people how fun gardens can be is all good too. These would have all been great morals. But blaming everyone and saying it's all our fault is awful. Could this author hate people more? Samurdi's writing started out so well with her smooth flowing rhymes and fun animal characters, I thought this book had the potential to be truly great. But then, out of nowhere, she took a right-hand turn away from a good storyline and made us all dumber by echoing thoughts that weren't her own, all while chastising us. As for Ella's pictures, they had an old-time cartoon feel. They provided plenty of color and captured the chaos of the animals in the house well. Ella definitely put her distinct mark on the pictures. But this book left a bad taste in my mouth. I just felt like I got tricked into listening to a death cult's talking points. Next time, I'll be a little more cautious when I open a book. So on a scale from 1 to 5, I'm giving this book a point two. I'm turning my nose up at it, having none of it, and then telling anyone who picks it up 
It's not your fault. This goose is cooked. Join us next time for another in-depth book review.